Okay, listen up. You're now locked into the I Do It For Hip Hop podcast. DJ Bugsy is bringing back the essence of hip hop. Hear the voices from the artists, the DJs, and the movers and shakers that keep the culture alive. Most importantly, they keeping it the hip hop. Hey, DJ Bugsy, you ready? <laughs> and now to our regular scheduled program. What up, what up? It's your boy DJ Bugsy, Do It For Hip Hop Podcast, episode 105. It's good to be back on the Megan Megan Mike. I got my indie artist Spotlight. He needs no introduction. Brand new project out right now called Coffee Days. The EP is lit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give it up for Reezy Rosales. <laughs> you already know the vibes. This is Black Arican Flow. My fault not what's doing on the table. But yeah, you already know the vibes. Black Arican Flow. Wham. Badlands. Let's get this John North Philly. Oh, hey, bro. I like the energy, man. <laughs> so for your first interview, <laughs> like, you came up like, listen, we in the building. Yeah, North Philly, saying? Badlands. So I, I want to actually go straight to that because when I think of Badlands, the first artist that comes to my mind is Petey Crack. Ring. And then Dark Love, of course. You already know. So tell me about that. Tell me about your humble beginnings and tell me about was Petey an inspiration? Did he kind of, like, inspire you to want to be an artist? Well, first of all, Badlands, you know, I'm from Fifth and Lehigh. Okay. I grew up half black, half Rican, but I was raised with my Rican side of my family. I wasn't too in tune with my black side of my family. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I don't even know where music came from. I just listened mm-hmm. to it on the radio. I always kind of like mm-hmm. had like some type of liking towards it, whether it was the radio, okay. whether it was my friends or family listening to music. And at a very early age, I've been an emotional person. Mm. So whenever I liked girls, I would always dedicate songs to them. Like I'll pass them a note, like I dedicate this song to you on some like you no know, corny type shit. Right. But obviously, me being so young and them mm. not being me, there's only so much I could really like say. Oh, like this one specific line out of this four minutes is for you. So that was one of like the earliest, mm-hmm. the earliest ways and earliest aspirations for me to start writing. So that way I could dedicate a song to somebody and not have to worry about. Oh, don't worry about that line. Just this specific line. Okay. And also, I come from a generation where you're not really, like, allowed to talk. You do what you're told. So given that, mm-hmm. it's a lot of no matter how you feel, this is what you got to do or this is what you're not allowed to do. And okay. this is my final saying without even no explanation. Mm-hmm. So I never really was able to get a word out edgewise. So okay. music was always my outlet. Okay. But now getting back to the P. Craig, was he, did you, like, was you looking at him during that time, like, growing up? No, because... I didn't become musically mm-hmm. cognizant until like 2010s when I turned like 13. Cause I'm like, I'm 25. I was born in 97. Okay. So yeah, around like Good Kid, Mad City, City, like that's my generation, like the Kendricks, the Coles, you know, Three Headed Goat. And um and all of them that was coming around like the late 20s, the late 2000s, early 2010s, those are the ones that really inspired me. And, and everything so before that. Like the that J. Coles, the Drakes, the Kendricks, yeah, the Wale's. Yeah, like that whole generation. Everybody okay. before that, it was, I got what I got from like the single on the radio, but I never really dove into, into it at the time. Okay, totally understand. My favorite song on the project, though, was Cat featuring Anisha. Oh, yeah, Cafe. Yo, bro, that song was crazy. Like, with, tell me about the process of that song. Tell me about, like, how did you <laughs> integrate her? Like, I just, like, cause, like, it was like a story, more yeah. or less. So break that down for me, because I, so, I really was flabbergasted. So I was, I've mm-hmm. been working on music for a while, dropping music for a while, and okay. I was working on a project with a, uh, I was working on a project with somebody, mm-hmm. and like the timing and things just wasn't working out. So I was like, I still want to drop something for the summer. So mm-hmm. I went back to the lab, like, you know, my little office in my crib, and I was just looking through beats that I had saved from like years ago. Mm-hmm. And that, that beat came to me. I'm like, oh, snap. I wonder why I kept this, because I never wrote to it. Right. So... 
I played it, had some ideas in my head. First thing that came in my head, sitting at a cafe, waiting to get served. I'm like, okay, okay, we got a hook. And right. as long as I got a hook, then I could at least have a vibe for the record. Okay. So I freestyled the hook, came back a few days later, wrote that John. Mm-hmm. And at first I I came in knowing that I wanted this to be a song reintroducing me because I feel like at this point I'm stepping into a new level of my artistry, a new level of my personality and life in general. Mm-hmm. So I felt like this was a perfect time to reintroduce myself. That's why in the song I talk about the different things, like how I was raised, the music I listened to, little things like that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be a conversational piece. I didn't want it to be all oh, this nigga just rapping for like two, three minutes about what he like and where he come from. So mm-hmm. my girl, Anisha, she sang mm-hmm. beautiful neo soul artist. I love her voice. Yeah, she do. So she do. I'm she like, all right, babe, I got this song. All you got to do is just fill in the blanks. I already wrote the lines. You just got to record that part. Mm-hmm. And she did that, executed it perfectly. And she wanted to play around with the hook. That's where her vocals from the second half of the hook came from. And I'm like, yo. Right. That was just a spur of the moment in the studio. Right. And I'm just like, yo, that joint, that joint fire. And that was the first record off this project that I wrote. Oh, it was? Yeah, and I'm like, all right, that's what made it Coffee Days. Not to be long-winded, but Coffee Days was a project that I created back in 2018. And it was during the artist development stage that Caesar the King put me in. And he just mm-hmm. had me creating a bunch of records and just saving references and sending it to him. Right. So I created a, a reference of a project called Coffee Days because at the time, mm-hmm. every morning, I'd leave the crib, take my girl to work, take my kid to school. After that, stop at Dunkin', go home, enjoy my coffee. And I was writing music during that period. I'm like, call okay. it Coffee Days. Right. That didn't work out. Half of those songs ended up on my first album. So four years later, I'm like, here we go again. In the morning, same routine, just different like scenarios so right. i wake up make sure my son is cool he go to uh, online school make okay. sure he's good right. my girl was doing uh like at school and then training herself so i made sure she was good uh-huh. and i got a baby now so oh wow had to make sure he was doing his first net mm-hmm. after that i get my coffee go right. to my office and just vibe out whether i learn whether i watch stuff or whether i write mm-hmm. i just vibe out and i'm like a few weeks later i got a few records i'm like I don't know what to call this. I know I want to do something. I don't know what to call it. I'm like, right. why don't I just call it Coffee Days? This is literally the same energy from years ago, just a more matured state of life. Man, that's, that's something, man. Listen, what I want to ask you, though, bro, I want you to talk about Seize the King. Like, how did y'all hook up and create such a dope? Oh, my God. This this guy, he's a <laughs> Philly legend. Okay. Last letter, none comes after. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he in the building. Yeah, so. he is in the building, man. Caesar the King, he was he mm-hmm. was like a father, big brother influence. Cause okay. growing up, I didn't really have my dad that much. He was he was there, but he wasn't there. Okay. So now that I was older, I met him. I was 19, which was 2017. Yeah, okay. 20, February, January, February 2017. I met him. Okay. And my man's brought me to a studio because I used to record out the crib, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yo." I know you do music. I ain't see you do nothing. Right. I got a studio where Mike Jones, I don't know if you know uh know him, but Mike Jones, he uh he was recording out there, John. Mm-hmm. So my man's brought me to the studio. I had a session. I loved it. First time I heard my vocals ever like be that clear. Came back to a session the next week or mm-hmm. two weeks later. And <laughs> I went there, but we was in a different <laughs> studio room this day. Okay. So he get the track loaded up. He was mm-hmm. like, all right, you can go in the booth. Right. Me not being in the studio room, I go to the door closest to where he's at, right. and it's the little office, and here she's sitting. He's minding his business doing paperwork. And I walk in, he mm-hmm. look over at me, and then the look in his eyes was like, nigga, who the f- like, 
Like, who are what you? What is this? Who are you? Right. And I'm like, oh, my bad. Well, wrong room. Then, you know, I went to the right room, had my session. Mm-hmm. And later that day, I had another session with one of my other friends. And this time, he comes in the room. Like, he's in the session. Mm-hmm. And we smoking and whatnot. He was like, yo, when I hit that, I pass it to him. He was like, right. this is some good shit. He passed right. it back. And he didn't want to smoke it no more. Right. I was like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, it's good shit, but you ain't trying to smoke it. I feel like either you lying to me to save my feelings or right. something going on. Either right. way. So, you know, I do my session. We speak briefly. He's mm-hmm. like, yo, I fucks with you. Uh, come back next week. I can have something for you. Okay. I asked my mom to like, yo, let me get like $35. I met somebody down there. He said, if I come back next week, he has something for me. Okay. Convinced her to lend me like $35. Cause mm. At the time, that's all I was paying for a session, like 30 Okay. So I went back down there, had another session. We spoke, and he's like, "Listen, I'm putting together mm-hmm. this idea." He ran it down, all this other shit. He had me learn things. He had me, he had me learn streaming early on. Mm-hmm. Had me learn about like the splits and the percentages and all that shit early so, on. Know, like, he had me. He schooled you. Yeah, and the artist development is crazy. Like he was in the studio, I was doing ad libs. He's like, "No, be more animated." Like you. This is the, he's the reason why my ad-libs are so fire these days because he always told me, he's like, when you're doing ad-libs, remember, keep in mind, the ad-libs is what you want the crowd's reaction to be. So that's why when I'm rapping, you Mm -hmm. hear different parts where I'm asking myself a question, then the next line is me answering it or I'm responding to the last question or the last line. I heard that. So that's that's him instilled Mm -hmm. in me telling me, listen, when you when you create and create because mm-hmm. once you put it out it's not yours no more like right. you made the baby raised him kicked him on his ass put him to him live a life right. and that's what music is i learned that early on so that's, that's what that's what helped me like be mm-hmm. confident in my creation and putting out at the volumes i've been putting out for the past right. couple of years so hmm. and then after that like even mm-hmm. then in the beginning he didn't want to fuck with me because he was already had some shit going on and <laughs> mike jones was like yo fuck with boy i think I, I think he'd be good for what you got going on. He's like, I ain't right. really trying to fuck with nobody. Then he was like, he convinced him to come to the session, and that's why he was in my session, but I ain't learned that until years later. Okay. Like, at the time, I just thought he popped up. But right. come to find out, Mike Jones convinced him, come on, take him under your wing. He needs you. You probably need him. Right. And a few years in, seems like it's working out. All right. Well, let me ask you this, because a lot of young rappers are more consumed with trap music, consumed with drill. yeah. I got to do the drill. I got to have guns in the the video and different things. But you are in a different lane. You don't, I don't see that from you. So tell me why it would make you go being from that environment, because a lot of times we are products of our environment, like Jim Jones said on the project. But with you, you step outside of the box and go a different way. What makes you go a different way? And do you feel like you're being received like those artists? Well, Mm -hmm. so answer the quickest question first the last am i being received like them no but i understand because the music i make isn't what's the most palatable these days okay so it's like you i picked the role Mm -hmm. i realized this is my position this is the role i want to play and i think i should play in this game and Mm -hmm. in this life right and i just can't do the other thing because that's not the lifestyle i came from that's not the lifestyle i lead right nor is that like the sonics that really please me and please my soul and my ears? Okay. So going back to the original, the first part of your question, mm. I feel like the ironic part of the answer is I am a product of my environment, mm-hmm. but I'm a different product. I'm the product that they don't push. It's like everybody, you got to do this. You got to be this. Good answer, my brother. Good answer, my brother. <laughs> but like, you got to be this. You got to do this. You <laughs> right. You got to sound and look like this. Yes. Like I'm not wearing no chains, no Ooh. designer, nothing. Like I'm right. wearing a coffee shirt and hot sauce socks. Like, 
Right. It's just my vibe. I'm I'm the bull next door. I'm just a regular, unassuming guy. Mm-hmm. And early on, my mind right. instilled that in me. Just because you're from here don't mean you got to be a product of your environment. That's true. So something as simple as a hat trash, you'll make me hold it in my pocket for a few blocks till we get to a trash can. And just little things like that. And my dad, mm-hmm. the times where he was in my life, he did the typical black dad shit where he's like, I'm going to drop game on you, but you're too young to understand. Mm-hmm. Like back in high school, he used to tell me all the time, you so smart till you're dumb. I ain't know what that meant. I'm right. like, you just saying shit because you feel like you're supposed to say something. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm a dad, I understand. Right. You think, like, you, you're so smart that you think that you know it. But right, you don't. just because you're smart don't mean you do. And that mm-hmm. very hard pull to swallow and took a lot for me to learn that. Right. And I had a lot of family examples. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was an alcoholic. My uncle was a, a, a drug addict. He overdosed in my basement. My other uncle was a drug addict, but he also sold drugs, and he ended up getting my crib raided when I was only a couple months old. Mm. My godfather, he got killed by one of his uh, Islam brothers, and it was crazy, and it's just like, I, I just grew up in a life where it's just like, if you want to do that, you can, but right. this is what that could lead to, and I had very front seat uh, to right. that shit right. show, right. and I'm like, I don't, I'm not built for that. Right. I don't want to do that, right. and... I guess that translated into the music because the music I would cater to would be like very early on was Eminem. Like that was the lyrical God as a young bull. Right. Then Do you I, still think he's a lyrical God? Because a lot I of people feel, think he I feel fell like, off. I feel like he is a lyrical God. I just feel like his point to prove was already made in one aspect. So now it's just like, I do this because I love to do it and mm-hmm. I don't care if I do it the way I don't want me to. Mm-hmm. I already proved my point. I could do what the fuck ever. So I feel like that's just where he at with it. Okay. But um, outside of that, it's just when I got older, then it came to Kendrick's, the Drake's, the J. Cole's, and the underground shit was like funk volume, like Hobson, D-Pride. Um, mm, going yeah, different I'm artists like crates, the, different artists like that. Then TDE as a whole, got the Black Hippie. Then, yeah. It's just a yeah, long it's boy Q and... Absolutely. Then you got the current ones. You got Reason. You got Zaywap, Isaiah Rashad. You got Dochi. You got mm-hmm. then you got Dreamville. Like it's just we can talk all day about all these different. I just yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot of sounds that that really right. cater to me, and it just happens to not be the the most popular pa- palatable sounds in the genre that we happen to be in. Right. But I was cool with that because at the end of the day, I'm stay true to myself because this is what. I, I really like Yu-Gi-Oh. I really like hot sauce. I really like coffee. I really like anime. I really I like, like coffee too. Man. I love Marvel movies. So I'm gonna rap about it. And I'm not gonna find, and that's the best part. I can rap about it, and I can also make it into a hot bar where it's just like, if you peep it, you peep it. If you don't, you don't. I ain't gonna make it corny and overtly nerdy and shit. Like I'm gonna just get my point across and also make references so you have something to hold on to for yourself. Like, oh, I like Marvel movies, or oh, he talking about this movie, that episode, shit like that. Yeah, man. That's what it's about, man. Painting that canvas, man. I tell artists all the time, man. You got sometimes you gotta put the brush down, put it, pick up a different brush because different brushes make different pictures. You know what I mean? Big facts. And even <laughs> early on, so that mm-hmm. I, I was never a popular kid, so everything I did was by myself. So I used to do my own cover arts, my own track listing, all that shit. Even C's, he was like, "Yo, bro, can't do you can't do everything yourself. Like you gonna have to find somebody else to do it." That's true. But me, I'm like. <laughs> I hear you, but, but I don't feel like paying niggas. And because right. I'm so used to being by myself mm-hmm. early on, I didn't really gain the social skills because I was sheltered. So I didn't get any social skills of being able to work with in a team. Right. So because of that, I had to learn how to do everything I could myself. And the right. things I could do, I had to learn how to do it as best as I can. Mm-hmm. So when I present it to people, people be like, yo, how'd you do that? And I'm like, I did that myself. 
right. even down to the last few videos I put out, I had the ideas. Mm-hmm. I ain't had the money to pay for like a big team mm-hmm. or nothing. So right. I had my girl because she likes photography and she dabbles into that. Mm-hmm. I had her. I'm like, yo, babe, mm-hmm. got this idea for a video. All I need you to do is just hold the camera. You don't got to worry about nothing else. Just hold right. the camera. Just do what I say to do. And I'm going to just edit, do all that, give you credit. And that's mm-hmm. what she did for the last few videos. And it came out dope. Even, even now, she, she's the one that shot the cover art. For the uh for the coffee days. Oh, she shot that. Yeah, That's I had fine. her shoot. I'm like, this is the idea I want. Stand right there. Try right. to get this angle. Mm-hmm. And we took a few pictures. That one came out. I'm mm-hmm. like, say less. I want to ask you because you talked about you were sheltered. Do you feel like being sheltered helps you stay away from the bullshit and keep you on a straight path? Because sometimes people feel like when you're sheltered, you don't learn about what you need to learn to make you who you are. I feel like being sheltered is definitely a double-edged sword. Like, I had less opportunity to get mixed up in that shit at an early age. Mm-hmm. But the other side of that sword is I became more susceptible to things that I should already be equipped with later in age. Okay. So after, mm-hmm. I didn't start, I didn't really jump off the porch, so to speak, until I was like 16. Okay. So by that time, I'm already kind of set in my ways with how I am as a person, mm-hmm. but still, like, my brain is still somewhat malleable. So mm-hmm. I hung around some people, probably was at some places I probably shouldn't have been, but it was never that deep, so no real consequences there. But as I got older and it happened again with another group of people, and this time it was, like, a worse hold than the first. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I trust these people entirely too much, but at the same time, I don't trust these people as much as I should, but I do trust them. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn how to battle with that internal confliction and I feel like, of course, that was me being sheltered because it's like I didn't, I grew up lonely. So mm-hmm. getting friends what didn't, came so far a few between that I held on to the ones I held on to, yeah. even if I shouldn't have. Right. So, but, you know what I'm saying? Do you feel like that's like a form of being socially awkward? Definitely. Oh. And on top of that, like most of my life I grew up with uh, depression and I was and I have ADHD. So it's just like I already mm-hmm. had like my mental problems here and there. And, just like Jonah Lucas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's another nigga that I fuck with too. Oh, yeah, I wish he'd hop back on them freestyles, but that's a different conversation. But yeah, um, <laughs> I just feel like... He's very creative, but go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like being sheltered, it helped me look at the world from a more objective view mm-hmm. but at the same time just it also ha- left me unequipped to deal with certain things and had to learn how to deal with it on the fly right but now you know. how did you come out of your depression do you feel like being an artist and paint you know writing things and kind of like putting your feelings on wax is kind of like how you got out of it because sometimes you can't get out of it i really feel like mm-hmm. well there's this all right so quick detour for the conversation but it answers your question i used to work at a job and at this job, I worked there for a year. I used to knock on doors, help people get free phones and electricity bill and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So they had me working out in Jersey one day. I really wish I remember this lady name. But I was talking to her. And sometimes you just end up in real-life conversations with random people. And we ended up talking about my depression. And she said, listen, like, depression isn't a real thing. Like, obviously, it's a real thing. But in the context of what she's saying, it's like, it's not a real thing. It's a state of mind. So whenever you find yourself talking about that time, Mm-hmm. Always refer to it as your trying times. Don't refer to it as like the times where you were depressed. Okay. And that helped shape how I look at certain things like mental illness, like depression, because mm-hmm. it's like we're all depressed. We all get depressed at different points in life. So it's mm-hmm. just all about having enough mental fortitude to understand, have enough mental fortitude to understand like mm-hmm. I'm depressed, but I also know blah, 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 blah. 
Like learning to this, learning to use a discernment to to determine the difference between what I feel like is real and what I know is real. Because a lot of us, we know it's real, Mm -hmm. but if it don't feel real, we act like it's not. And vice versa. A lot of us, we like, we feel like it's real, Mm -hmm. but even though we know, but we think it's not, so we don't act on certain things the way we should. So I feel like it's just about learning your balance and learning how to, how to, how to really get that down pat because you're going to be depressed. You're going to have those real down mm-hmm. into out moments. You're going to re- have those bouts where you lose and there's nothing you could do. But as long as you know some things, like you just got you to gotta lose some, win some, like Lauren said, like it just mm-hmm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. You got to learn how to strap up your boots and just keep going. Facts. What I want to ask you, though, what's next for you? And right now you currently working this project. Or yeah. Are you already in the studio following up with a project like what you, what you got on board moving forward like what's next for you that's the thing so with me i'm mm-hmm. a uh, i'm a conceptual artist as you could tell like i'm a really heavy on the projects like i'm i don't really care about singles that much but yeah, so a lot of artists do i i i, I understand that because everybody attention span is just we just was having this conversation yeah. before y'all came in it's zero or it might be negative one big thing you, know, you know but i always tell artists and just in general hip-hop conversation that I had with colleagues and just people that work with me, I always feel like what's lost in hip-hop is a cohesive project that starts from front to back with the intro, just like Ready to Die. He yeah. showed you, he was getting, he showed about his being born, he showed about going to jail, getting out, and then boom, track two. Big facts. <laughs> Things going to change, you know what I'm saying? And that's what's lost, so... I like to hear projects like yourself, and I don't like to hear a bunch of singles. Yeah, I don't care for that because to me, that's cool if you Drake or if you Future. Yeah, but for someone like y'all, I feel like putting out quality projects and quality art is going to ha- help you in the long run versus single, 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 single. Yeah, that's the uh, that's like the biggest disadvantage advantage mm-hmm. being the kind of artist I am because. Right. When you make a song, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, given the current state and the landscape of music, it's mm-hmm. going to get overlooked because it don't. It's right. not what people are used to, so they forget about that. Right. But the advantage, the advantageous part of it is the one person that does listen mm-hmm. because they don't hear that a lot. They're more likely to keep listening and hold on to it more mm-hmm. because it's like I don't hear this a lot, so let me fuck with this while I can. Versus other people, it's just like oh, I fuck with this. But somebody else just put out a song that's basically the same shit, but it's better BPM, so I'm just going to fuck with that one. So I feel like that's the best way I I tend to go about life and creating mm-hmm. and just going about my artistry. Right. And so far as what you asked me about what's going to be the next uh, next right. step is, mm-hmm. I just don't, I'm one of those artists that I don't want every project to sound the same. Like, I got two albums out right now, two mixtapes, mm-hmm. and all of those sound different like my first project was eclectic to give you kind of like a mixed bag of what i could do mm-hmm. my second album was like latin rap trap hip-hop type shit mm-hmm. and then my mixtapes the first one similar to my album is just different vibes show i could do okay. and my second mixtape was just like i want to rap like i rapped over like I, when i'm moving too fast when i approach mixtapes i approach mm-hmm. mixtapes like the 2000s 90s way like i'm not making a bunch of original music and calling it a mixtape like old no beats. i'm old, old like beats, i'm i'm That's lil wayne i'm lil wayne right now like right. whose beat do i want to take right. like i'm not here for play if i'm on a beat my my goal is i'm either going to be better than the original song or the original verses right. or at least in some minds contest with them i'm right. not here to just have fun over other people's beats when when you hear me rap over somebody else's beats you know what time it is man listen to diet coke freestyle listen to jpc freestyle like it is right. what it is i'm not playing 
Right. But, I, um, hey, that's what's up, man. But, yeah. I, I love it, bro. The I energy. See- <laughs> You, yo, for you to be your first interview, bro, you you surprising me. I just hey, I'm keeping it a bean. Thank you, man. <laughs> man, because most people like I, they say like one sentence, they're like, yeah, that's the answer to the question. I'm like, nigga, you, you should have kept going because yeah, you missed the boat, bro. Like I said in the you uh, missed the boat on one question. Like I said on the first the first song, the first song, Cafe. I was I said in uh, right. in the verse, I said. Um, I watch artist interviews, uh, I watch interviews, artist docs, and album deep dives and miscellaneous tutorials in my spare time. So it's just like every time I watch an interview, I'll sit there and watch interviews for hours from favorite right. artists. And from, you pick up a lot of shit. Yeah, and it's just like I hear how they answer, but at the same time, I hear what I would have said. And I just, that's how I do it. I watch interviews and I just answer mm. the questions so myself in my head. Today. And I've been a YouTube kid. <laughs> I never really liked TV. So it's like everything okay. on YouTube, the vlogs, the mm-hmm. those kind of things. So all that kind of became who I am as a person and I just I right. guess I picked up on different diction different ways to talk right I also say linguistics is my favorite side of hip-hop I love lyrics man that's what's up man that's what's up man well look man listen I, I'm like I said you surprising me and and the good thing about you man you're young so your plant still can grow so much further and big facts you know you know all you need is some alkaline water Yo, speaking of water, I gotta give a shout out to my bros, Euphoria, the best water in the world, always sponsored for the Do Fat Podcast, is a little, little small plug. But yeah, as long as you keep watering your plants, bro, I feel like you can do something, man. And, that's and, what, I, and that's I just I feel. feel like stay with that mindset because a lot of times artists be, they'll be one way mm-hmm. and then they'll get tainted by yeah. different influences and the fuck they should have. That's why Lil Wayne said, I don't really listen to people yeah. because he just, that's it. I want to just listen to me or rap, and yeah. that's it. So, yeah, man, for sure, for sure. I, and I I understand why people think like that, but mm-hmm. for me personally, it's just like mm-hmm. I like to try my hand at different sounds. That's why you can hear, like, the different— almost every song, if not every song, is like basically a different subgenre of hip-hop. Right. And it's just like I like being able to have a range. I like the fact I could do over pop beats, over mm-hmm. R&B, neo-soul, right. jazz, funk. Right, and you uh, produce too, though. So I don't enough. produce. What I do is I vocal arrange. Oh, so, you vocal arrange. Yeah, okay. so it's like I'm the one in the studio. I'm real heavy on the uh, being part of the mixing process. So I I'm in there. If like you could probably see a couple of videos on Instagram or my story at times. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm the one pointing at the screen like yo do this, try this there, try try this there. Like okay. I, I it was one time we was in the studio. It was my last recording session for this project, C's left because he was looking at me move and looking at what I was doing. He left, was like, yo, you inspired me. You lit a fire under my ass. I feel like I got to do more. Like, damn. That's crazy. And you the protege. That's what I'm saying. How <laughs> the fuck the protege? <laughs> that's crazy, man. That's what I'm that's saying. That's dope, man. That's, that, that's called growth. Growth and development. Yeah. Growth and development. He even man. said it. He said it when we walked in the building today. He was like, yo, like, it's crazy. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, all these years in, like, we're more right. confident. He's like, no, it's deeper than that. Like, right. before everything was just development and theories, but now we actually walking in the building with something. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel like, damn. Yeah. Almost so made me say grow man's here. your project, how they can follow you, what you got coming up next. You can shout out your folk, shout out your, your queen, your kids. Do your thing. Bro. You already know the vibes, man. First of all, I want to shout out my girl. Thank you for everything. Thank you for holding down the crib and holding me down. I want to thank my kids for motivating me. I want to thank my mom for, even though she didn't agree with me doing rap, she still was like, I don't want you doing this, but if you're going to do it, you know, my blessings be unto you. And she's the one that's Latina, right? Yeah. And she don't really like rap. No, she, cause that's the thing with her. She's, uh, she grew up on gospel, like not grew up, I grew up on gospel music and a couple okay. like early 90s uh, R&B yeah. type shit. So she into R&B? Yeah, she's into R&B, but gospel more than anything. Okay. That's why I love Chance the Rapper so much and Toby Weegway, but. 
That's yeah. a different conversation. Shout out to them, I guess. But yeah, shout out to you too, C's. Even though you're sitting next to me, you, <laughs> shout out to you. Uh, shout out to whoever invented coffee. Yeah, shout out sure. to you. For sure. Um, I love me some fucking coffee. Shout out. Oh, by the way, Dunkin' Donuts has the best coffee. I just want to say Listen, that. man, shout out to them. If they want to hit my email, want to <laughs> give me a brand deal, I'm, I'm, been, I'm down. No motherfuckers, look. As much as them motherfuckers owe me money. It's been a couple times Motherfucking coffee wasn't right Yeah But before I finish Shout out to you Dunny <laughs> You recorded my first album And you recorded this one Full Circle Triple Four We in this bitch Shout out to North Philly Shout out to Badlands Shout out to everybody Who said I couldn't do it And even more shout outs To those who said I could I love y'all I love y'all more than the other and ones And tell them how they can follow you And they can follow me on R-E-Z-Y Underscore R-O-S-Z-A-L-E-Z Also found in my song cafe Reezy underscore Rosales On Instagram Reezy Rosales On all your DS SPs, YouTube, Facebook. I'm literally everywhere you listen to music at. Apple Music, Spotify, even Pandora. I'm just not famous enough for a radio, so if y'all would please help me help y'all find me easier there, I would love that. Um, and yeah, man. Oh yeah, last thing. Shout out to uh, shout out to Konami and the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! R.I.P. Man, you did so much for us, and I just want to say we love you all. And shout out to hip hop, man. For sure. Like it's the best art, it's the best genre. In the world. Tell everybody else, SMD. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's your boy DJ Bugsley. Make sure you follow the movie. Do it for Hip Hop Pie. Follow me, DJ Buggy215 on everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, we and anybody that's an artist that's trying to come on the platform, hit me up at doorforhiphoppie at gmail.com. Attention to Zena Brown, my assistant. Shout out to you. Shout out to my bro Scooter. Shout Fresh off a trip up from Aruba. Scooter the shooter. The best visual nigga in the world. And I, my nigga Semi, he been rocking with me since like I think like episode forty or some shit. Shout out to Semi, no <laughs> automatics. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, and shout out to Forge Record Studios. It's your boy DJ Bugsy. Keep it hip hop. <laughs>